Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Extra Serving, a podcast by Nation's Restaurant News. I'm your host, Holly Petrie, here with the latest episode. I spoke with RJ Melman, president of Let Us Entertain You, to talk about the future of the company that turned 50 years old this year. Now, RJ is the son of one of the co-founders, and so he's been in the business for his whole life. He knows everything about Let Us Entertain You, and they've been doing a lot recently. Before the pandemic, they started doing virtual brands in partnership with Grubhub, who's another Chicago-based company. But during the pandemic, they really had to focus on their virtual brands. And interestingly enough, their virtual brands were concepts that they had either gotten rid of because they weren't right for the time or they weren't right for the real estate market or they just weren't hitting it with consumers. But they brought them back as virtual brands with very little overhead, cooking them out of kitchens of restaurants that had closed during the pandemic. And some of them have even turned back into brick and mortar restaurants, which is really interesting and something that not a lot of other brands have done. Um, RJ and I talk about the future of restaurants too, and for a company that has done so much with virtual brands, RJ does not see them as the future. So definitely stick around and listen to our little history and the future of Let Us Entertain You. And now, here's RJ. Well, thank you for so much for speaking with me. I, I'd love to just hear kind of what Let Us Entertain You has been up to. I mean, you guys have had a very, very busy year. Um, in only the best ways. Uh, so I'd love to kind of just hear the big overview and then we can get into the nitty gritty of your virtual brands and brick and mortar and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think like everyone in the, uh, hospitality industry, it's been a long 14, 15 months, whatever it's been. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not affected any differently, uh, you know, it was a uh, kind of an amazing time. It's uh, certainly a sad time, uh, just with how many furloughs happened and 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 how many people were displaced uh, from the industry and and from us in general. And um, and that part is was the worst part. And I don't think any of us ever want to go through that ever again in in this business. At the same time, uh, I have a lot of optimism about what happened. I think that the showing what great leadership we have within the organization. The creativity has been incredible. Uh, the, um, you know, we're a, a complicated organization that has 60 different concepts, 120 restaurants. You know, we're not running just one thing. So there's not a one-size-fits-all solution for every business that we have. And um, it's very, it's been very cool to see the young leadership of the organization really step up and, and start to take control and, and, and be creative about their businesses while making the experience better for guests, the, the ingenuity around the to-go programs, the ingenuity around pop-up uh, kitchens. I think we did nine ghost restaurants for this time, and we opened four brick-and-mortar restaurants uh, during the pandemic. So it's really been uh, pretty remarkable what's happened within the organization. And there's just a lot to be excited about as we're coming out of this um, and a lot of opportunity. And, and as we hit our 50th year or we celebrate our 50th year in business, um, I, I can say definitively that I'm excited for the next 50. <laughs> well, and it's so, so strange that, you know, your 50th year and, and a lot of brands celebrated a hundred years recently and that this like big cornerstone year for all of these brands is, is all of a sudden this time when 
everything got turned upside down. I mean, would you have ever thought that you were doing a virtual brand 10 years ago? No, I mean, that the, the vernacular of virtual, you know, ghost kitchen didn't exist, right, 10 years ago. Um, now, we've been in the space of doing virtual concepts for a, for quite a while, you know, maybe early on. But, you know, we have our, our brand WowBow that we're still involved with, um, that we're still minority partners in. And they're just doing an amazing job. I think have 300 locations of WowBows open since since the pandemic started across the country, which is pretty amazing. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, double that by the end of the year. Uh, you have, um, you know, this amazing... Uh, we've been working with Grubhub. We have an exclusive relationship with them where we're working on virtual concepts for them and, and developing them that have uh, happened for a while. So yeah, no, did I think that we would be going to this creating virtual concepts? Uh, no, even a year ago, that would be a huge part of our business, but that's been uh, the fun and the creativity that, and I, it shows, I think, the people in the organization, uh, how amazing and entrepreneurial they are. Well, and I think one of the most interesting things that I've found about the way that Let Us Entertain You has done virtual brands is that, you know, you started before the pandemic with, with this Grubhub partnership, like you mm -hmm. were talking about, but your virtual brands during the pandemic have been a lot more focused on your specific brands. Like you did coastal soups and you've been picking brands that really take items from menus that maybe got discontinued or that maybe didn't make it in person, but you're bringing them back in these virtual brands, you know, these customer favorites. And I haven't really seen a lot of that from other restaurants, but it's been really interesting to watch. Let us entertain you do that and do it successfully. So, yeah, but at using the virtual concepts, uh, we, you know, let us entertain you the beauty of being around for 50 years is that you have a great vault of recipes and concepts that we have done. You know, there are things that, uh, that have come and gone. Maybe the leases end, maybe the, the location gets demolished, maybe the restaurant, you know, just needed to have a facelift or, or, or cease to exist. And so we took um, a lot of our nostalgic concepts and were able to turn those into virtual brands, but at the same time, creating new ones, like you said, like Coastal Soups, which was an extension of the Summer House uh, brand restaurant that we have and, and uh, Bill's Tavern Pizza, which was a new concept as well. So it was a little bit of both of bringing back some nostalgia and, and extending that. But, you know, what we do every day is create new things. So almost everything we've ever owned and run uh, we created ourselves. So it's not a different position for us to be in a virtual world. Yeah. And, and so, you know, kind of taking it the opposite is that you, you and I spoke a few months ago that some of these virtual only brands, you guys actually want to make brick and mortars. Correct. I think that becomes an, a natural extension that, that uh, as we are still developing what we can, is that if something hits virtually that we can turn it into a brick and mortar restaurant. I still am a believer, you know, long-term that, uh, that, that things can't exist only digitally. Um, I think there's a term in the industry, they call it clicks to bricks. Uh, but you know, you actually see it with all these online brands. It's, it's funny. Uh, uh, it, even in the retail world, like the away store or the away, you know, suitcases. And I'm sure there's a, uh, you know, real real and, and across the board now they're opening brick and mortar stores so it's funny you know that everything seems to have a cyclical life and i think that there's a, a happy medium where these things exist in in probably both places long term 
Well, and so for you guys, I mean, you mentioned that you have 60 concepts that you're running and, and you guys are based in Chicago. Um, how, what is kind of the determination when you have a virtual brand that you want to make it brick and mortar? I mean, there's there so many different factors to consider. How does Let Us Entertain You decide those kind of things? Well, you know, everything comes down to us. Every single idea comes down to food for us, um, whether it's virtual or not. And is, is there something that we're excited about? I promise you that we started working on uh, other virtual concepts. I'm not going to name them all, but uh, that never got off the ground or we didn't feel like, hey, we haven't hit the food or we didn't get it done in time. Or even, There's a lot of factors that factor into that. Um, but for us, it's about the food and that gives us the confidence to do any concept. And you, the best thing about something virtual is that you can test it and see if it connects with people. Uh, and those connections, I think, are what's going to lend themselves to us doing uh, more things uh, in a brick and mortar world where you say, I want to invest you know, more into this concept. The beauty of uh, online concepts is that you know, the, the investment is relatively low, especially if you're doing them out of your existing restaurants. Uh, very little capital expenditure, but it does, it, I think there is a misnomer that you can just create a virtual concept, it'll be successful. I think like everything, it has to be thought out, it has to be well-defined, it has to be a value, it has to have great packaging, it has to have great style. And just because it uh, exists virtually only or doesn't have a brick and mortar location, doesn't mean that you're absolved of, of doing all the things great. Yeah, we, and, and we've, we've seen this big, big boom in virtual brands, but we've also seen a lot of, you know, these big companies who, who are reporting financially are either not including virtual brands or are not putting it into their financials. So you actually don't know how profitable a lot of these businesses are. But for you guys, you are showing if it's profitable by making it a brick and mortar. So, so you're actually proving what you're doing in a yeah, way. Or, or, or believe that, yeah or certainly that but we believe that uh it has legs to to do something and we're you know we're not an organization that's gonna we might have 110 restaurants but i don't think our goal is ever to be the biggest and it's not to do 60 of something you know that doesn't get us excited it's to continue to continue to do things really really well and uh, and that drive for excellence is what guides everything that we do and so if we had one brick and mortar restaurant of one concept i'm happy and if we never have one, I'm okay, as long as we're doing things great. You know, but we're not driven by the bottom line like that. Yeah, and so this is the 50th year of Let Us Entertain You. So, and, you know, we talked about what a wild year it's been, but um, what do you kind of think about running this, this now very established restaurant company <laughs> in Chicago um, that is also, you know, in so many different markets, and you guys are in you know, different kinds of food and different, now you're in different delivery methods and there's nothing really consistent across the 110 restaurants. It's all different menus and all different customers. And how is it working with all of that? Well, I think maybe from the outside, there's nothing consistent, but I, from the inside, I certainly think there is, is that we are fortunate to have what I think is an amazing culture. Um, we care a tremendous amount about what we do about the people who are here um and that the guests have a great experience and and it doesn't matter if you're having a cheeseburger or uh, you know a, a three-star michelin restaurant i want we want people to be immensely happy with the food and service and ambiance that they have and so 
yes, the two restaurants on the outside might not look like they have anything in common or something in Las Vegas doesn't look like something in Chicago. But there is a commonality that, that drives us in our, you know, that quest for excellence and just and taking care of people both internally and externally. So um, I am immensely proud of this organization. I, I could not ask for a better job than to be the leader uh, of this organization. I'm fortunate to work with an amazing group of partners. It would be um, silly to say that, that I or our family is alone in this. I'm fortunate to work with my brother and sister and who are amazing contributors. I'm, I'm very lucky to have Kevin Brown as our CEO who's been with my dad for you know 40 years um, to have my dad as a mentor and someone to give advice is uh when you have the best restaurant tour you know maybe ever as your advice giver it's a, a great person to have in your corner and we have 70 plus amazing partners that are dedicated to making this organization better every day so the 50th anniversary just gets me so it gets me jacked up because i said we're not in business for we're, we're now thinking about how do we be around for the next 50 years. And hey, it may not even be in my lifetime that the next 50 years uh, passes by. It most likely won't. But, uh, um, you know, our goal is to keep going. I mean, surviving COVID was a big, big thing. So I, yeah. I, I'd almost say that you could get through anything if you've been through this. So I mean, we're going to have a couple scars, but like everyone else, you know, we, we're going to get through it and the scars will heal. Yeah. And so, I mean, like everybody, you guys laid people off during COVID and but you've now you've now staffed up again. How are the labor challenges for you? We've seen it with restaurants across the board that everybody's having this really hard time staffing. But you just spoke about how connected you are with employees. So I'd love to kind of hear if that's impacted the way that you guys are staffing. Yeah, I mean, listen, I believe that this is a wonderful place to work. Um, it is certainly not the place for everyone. Uh, you know, there's not, I can't sit here and say that no one's had a bad experience here. Uh, clearly, um, we, we, we tr try our best to make it a great place for everyone who's here. And I think like everyone else, we are having um, challenges with, with hiring people too. It's not different than anyone else that I'm hearing about in the industry, actually even external to the industry. Um, and part of me understands what's going on. You know, it's, it's not, I'm not cynical that says this is just an issue of unemployment checks or being a greater uh, barrier. I think there is a multitude of reasons why people are having um, challenges uh, hiring for their restaurants. I think, you know, at a deep level, there is still a good amount of uncertainty about what's going to happen. I understand why people would not want to leave the comfort of their homes or comfort of what, you know, whatever they have going on right now. And, you know, it's a little bit um, selfish of us to say at the top that, you know, uh, there was a time whether, and I never felt this way, but, you know, we had to say that we can't afford to pay you, right, at the beginning of the pandemic. We can't keep this amount of people here because we don't have any business. And so it's almost unfair to say, now we have business, come on back immediately. Um, so I understand why some people are sitting sitting that out or waiting or found other things to do during that time and and found other industries. Um, it's also a time where you know people aren't in college uh, or in classes daily. That might be a a pool of people that would work part time. Theaters aren't open, so you know the the people who work in theater who often look for part time work might not be looking. Um, you know, there's real challenges with schooling. So 
uh, parents might not be able to leave their homes because they have to homeschool their children or, or have virtual classes for their children. And so childcare are issues. And there's obviously people that are caring for loved ones who are dealing with COVID, or afraid of COVID, not vaccinated. You know, there's a lot of other issues. So I think there's a, a lot of factors that are affecting why people aren't here. And, you know, we're understanding of those. And um, we're fighting through those challenges just like everyone else. And, and hopefully our 50 years of reputation of being a nice place to work uh, will help us uh, prevail when looking for people. And uh, we're going to keep trying our best. Well, and so, you know, you mentioned growth, that you guys have opened new brick and mortar restaurants during COVID, which is absolutely insane and wonderful. Um, can you talk about kind of what the future plans are for Let Us Entertain You? 50 years in, in the bag, what's happening next? You know, we say if you want to look to the future, you got to understand the past. That's something we say internally. And so the future for us, I think, will be creating new concepts, um, doing projects uh, that excite us, have great food, have great style, both new and duplicates. Um, we are going to be doing, we've done a project in Austin, Texas. We opened ABBA, our first restaurant there, uh, in October. And we look forward to doing more in the Texas market. We will be uh, doing some projects that we're announcing pretty soon in uh, South Florida. Uh, we just opened something uh, in the airport at, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So there are, um, you know, we're looking at, um, a bunch of different markets, and we're going to continue to do exciting stuff in Chicago and places that we have restaurants already: Las Vegas, Minnesota, um, uh, California, uh, as well as the new markets. But you know, I don't think we're planning on changing dramatically how we worked in the past, which was open, fun restaurants and and keep doing that. That's what we want to do. They're certainly fun, which is which is a good thing to have for a restaurant. People want to go somewhere that's fun and interesting. And it sounds like expanding to new markets is is really going to be fun for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, I've said this now a bunch of times here, but uh, we like to do things well. And when we opened in Austin, we had uh, one of our senior partners move down there. It looks like we might have some more partners move down to Austin. We'll certainly do the same thing with South Florida as we start to grow in those markets. And, and we want people with ownership down there and really try to do our best, put our best foot forward when we're opening in these new towns. And, you know, we're the strangers there and, um, and just really do hopefully a great job of, uh, of opening in those towns and opening exciting things. And, and uh, we've been fortunate Austin has, seemingly really embraced us. It's been uh, a gangbuster start to Abba there. And, and we have a, an amazing location. There's a beautiful 400-year-old oak tree in the middle of it. So you, you couldn't ask for something better. And we're, uh, we had a great developer that we worked with on the, on the property. And um, we're just thrilled to be down there and part of the ecosystem down there. And it sounds like everything is brick and mortar. Is that correct? How do you mean? Uh, we did not do anything virtual in Austin, if that's what you mean. Yeah, and, and um, across South Florida, are you also doing brick yeah, and mortar? Yeah, we're doing, we are doing, yes, we're doing brick and mortar restaurants down there. Well, so that's, that's really interesting that you guys are seeing the future of, of restaurants as brick and mortar, as we've seen that a lot with consumers. They are itching to get back. So it's interesting people, and exciting. Yeah, they, I think people, there is just 
a thing you cannot replace in a Zoom or in a, you know, a virtual meeting, a conference call, is the need, I think, for most people to have human interaction at least sometime. And that is, I believe, in human nature, the ability, the need to socialize, to meet people, to date, to see family, to get together. And uh, I don't see that going away. Uh, the pandemic could have slowed it down, but I think everyone wants to travel or a lot of people want to travel. A lot of people want to leave their homes. A lot of people want to, to see the world, get to dinner, have break bread. You know, it's that human nature is not going to, not going to be defeated by the pandemic, I don't think. And, and uh, I think that's why our future is still doing brick and mortar restaurants, not just delivering food to people's homes. That, I, I think that can be an important part of our business and will be a bigger part of our business in the future but uh, it will not replace uh, the sense of place and gathering. Well, that's such a great future for Let Us Entertain You and for the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. and hopefully you guys keep spreading with your intention and, and good luck in the future. Well, thank you so much and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra Serving. This episode was written, produced, and recorded by me, Holly Petrie. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe.